0: Haven't I commanded you? Do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 1.9. One of many different verses that I used in September 13th, 2020. This is another blast from the past um, episode share. <clears throat> this one was entitled A Courageous Yes. Last week we did Courageous But this is Courageous, a Courageous. Yes, as we are wrapping up this month, I know I haven't said it, but in our home we do talk about and reflect on Black History Month and how... um, we talk about it from an an angle of their courage and their obedience, their faithful obedience to um, advocating for justice and and the rights of equality in the eyes of the Lord um, and not man's view. So this is is just another great way to really wrap up this month as we're thinking of many courageous yes that our life calls for. I would argue that I think many people have a courageous decision on some level every day to stay with your head in the game, keeping your eyes fixed to whatever it is that you are walking towards, to encourage yourself. I love how in that verse, it's not even saying just don't be afraid. It does say that. But then the second part, it says don't be discouraged. So we can be fearful completely scared, afraid, but then we can also get stuck in these 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 ruts of discouragement. Maybe it's um, long seasons of things that are just not really happening. maybe your expectations have have n- not been met in, in many ways including by God. And God yet encourages us that encourages us to say that he's with us wherever we go. So friend, I wanted to share this episode and I also wanted to just share some courage with you that the the most courageous decision that you'll make is to stay connected, to remain connected to Christ, as, as Jesus says in, in John 15, um, verses uh, three through seven. And that courage is to say, God, I'm going to trust that you have my life and I want to really give you lordship I I was speaking about this to someone recently and I said that believing in Jesus is is the first step this this decision of faith I don't know if have you made this decision of faith do you believe are you a believer is is your eternity um, with Christ sealed this is I don't want to skip over this and, and, and blast over this because a lot of things that I talk about on this podcast, this is for the person who has trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. While God loves everyone, even those who do not believe, the promises are for the believer. And I, friend, would love to have that conversation with you. Um, if you have someone maybe in your local church, maybe you go to church. I mean, that was my life for many years where I was going to church, doing all the air quote, Christian living things, but I wasn't actually saved. I hadn't actually made a committed decision that Christ was my Lord and Savior. And while believing in Jesus is the first step, the second step is to trust in him in as Lord and Savior in every area. So there's some things in my life, I don't know if you can agree with this, there's some areas where I just trust Jesus implicitly. Yep, Jesus got it, Jesus got it. And then there's other areas where the duration of how long I've been going through things or just mm, this kind of pushes up on something that is that I may be scared about or just my experiences in this in this area or this is a difficult time there's many things that that impact that but to trust Jesus as Lord of that area that's that's a second part so we first believe and, and we enter into the promises of God and into the covering of God. And then and then the, the second part in terms of being courageous is trusting Jesus as Lord in every single area. Friend, I pray and hope this for you every single day. I hope that you enjoy this share. And we will kick back off next week. Hey there, thank you for being here and listening in. I look forward to speaking more in the concept, the idea of courage. I last talked about courage through the life of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 22. She was so inspiring, just an awesome, uh, faithful, courageous woman. But what about your life? I believe we all are called to some courageous act, whether that is a season by season situation of courage or a daily decision it meets every single person it is at your front door it is on your kitchen table so how do you flesh out courage how do you make those big decisions what does your time look like with God I've talked about the imperative relationship at hand that whether it's our spouses, it's our best friends, it's our parents, it's our siblings, whatever um, that immediate person, top five pe- person that came to your mind, how would you have been able to establish a relationship except by consistently pursuing that person? You value that person, they have an uh, An impact in your life and they have a say in your life, right? God needs to be that forerunner above everyone. So what does that getting alone look like for you? Are you putting him first in your day? I don't want to legalize it and make it be, it's got to be at 5am. It's got to be during the lunch hour. It's got to be at night. I can certainly tell you my habits tried and true. I've switched it. And and honestly, there is no rigidity. Some days it may look different. And that's okay, because we have the Holy Spirit, which is interceding for us. And God cares more about the quality of our connection. And he knows our heart. And, And if my heart is to pursue him, when I can pursue him, then he knows that. So I really just am encouraged about really my time with him so much so that I want to really invite you and welcome you to that. And let's say maybe this isn't your issue. You're already spending a wealth of time with God. Well, then I believe the call may not be more time, but what does that time look like? The efficiency. Are you truly with him to be with him because that's your sustenance or is it a check the box i know i can do that sometimes right where it's i'm making dinner checking the box doing laundry checking the box and doing my time with god checking the box and it's not intentionally trying to just get through but it gets thrown into the monotony of the day it gets thrown into just one more thing And I don't believe that is the heart of what God wants. He doesn't want to be just one more thing. For us to be courageous women who are faithfully pursuing God, he wants to be that foundation. So I am compelled by him. So that is truly the pulse of why I'm even doing these podcasts because I just have this brokenness for this gap that happens, where you where you want to please him, you want to do the right thing, but it just gets juggled up with everything else. And I just believe that Jesus is so simple to just follow him and to love him and to put him first. And for us to pull off courage, ladies, we have got to not only be with him, but then we have to truly make sure we're emptying ourselves as well. So I talked about Mark 8. Jesus outlined what does a disciple look like? And that is truly emptying ourselves. It's not um, a simple one, two, three, do these steps, one plus one. It is just empty yourself. Follow me. It. It's almost to the point where it seems like something else is missing. <laughs> you know how you get an, a, an ingredient of this amazing meal, and it's like there's surely something else in this meal. No, this it's really that simple. I believe that he makes it that simple. It is just our nature to overcomplicate and try to sweat and and earn more something that he has already given us. So I want to just dive into some some different scriptural passages talking about setting up courage, really just outlining, like, how do you do this thing? Like, how do you, how do you do it? And how do you not do it? (laughs) So how best to learn is through the life of the Israelites. And I believe we all have this Israelite spirit, just with God, not with God, with God, not with God. So the Israelites were just disobedient. They And I don't even judge them anymore. I used to say, I mean, how can you not get it together? Come on. You have all of these wondrous signs as you're walking through the parting of the Red Sea. But now God has just helped me see my own sinful heart and and my own inability to see these flagrant, obvious signs that he's given me, that he loves me and to just follow and obediently do what he's telling me to do. And I don't. So I've learned to back off the judging piece. This is really not judging them, but I still, I still believe that let's use history here and learn from what not to do. So let's jump into Deuteronomy one, um, chapter one and starting in verse 19. Then as the Lord, our, then as the Lord, our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful wilderness that you have seen. And so we reach Kadesh Barnea. Verse 20. Then I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Verse 21. See the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of of it as the Lord the God of your ancestors told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So, Moses is saying, look, uh, we've been camping out, going from camp to camp. Now we're getting ready to push into this promised land. And even saying, this is really not even about you. He promised this to our ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. So God is his attribute in many, but one of them is faithfulness. cannot lie and he is all about his glory so he's so here's moses setting this up like okay we're gonna go on to this next step um but just to be clear this is god having mapped this out well before you this was really a fulfillment of his promise to our ancestors so i so step number one encourages just bigger picture okay, what is this next decision or what is this season? How does it fit into the storyline of my life? And I, and if our eyes are just on our immediate story, then it will be more difficult to make decisions courageously because you're making an immediate decision for something that is lifelong and, and even legacy long, right? So something that goes on beyond you. So while we're here for... 60, 70, 80, 100 years, whatever, God's God's story has been well before us, and it will go on well after us. So we are just one small speckle in this long line of this whole story that he is writing out, and it's all about his glory. So the perspective is not, okay, this is about my life, or even the life of my children or my grandchildren. No, this is a bigger story than that. So just kind of pause, So we have to keep going because we're going to keep going in, in the direction of God fulfilling his promise. So that's just kind of a, a backdrop there, but I want to note here. So if you kind of push skip over here, so, well, I really don't want to skip over. Hold on. Let's back up. So of course they're like, yeah, I know that Moses, but I still feel like we should send some spies into this country because yeah we don't really trust you and we don't really all the way know that God has our back basically this is me ad-libbing um so let's just send some spies Moses even agrees like yeah that's not a bad idea one from each tribe okay 12 of y'all break go go into this this country spied out and 10 of these jokers come back and scare the people even more they aid in their disbelief being even bigger because they're like Listen, there are some tall people there, y'all. They are huge. They're scary. They're massive. There is no way that this is the right plan. Moses, you clearly did not hear right. So the only two people, the only two spies that were being obedient and truly faithful to God was Caleb and Joshua. The rest of them spies just only fueled the fire of the Israelites not wanting to do what God told them to do. So that's kind of the next backdrop. And then to to skip over and to start into verse 29, this is Moses talking still. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes, verse 31, and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Verse 32, in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. Verse 33, who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. Listen, (laughs) unbelief is a massive yet minor sin that we see it as a minor sin. But to God, it's massive. God is saying like, listen, your unbelief is equated to me that you despise me, that you don't trust me, that you don't rely on me. And I know I always bring this back to my kids, but honestly, having kids helped me kind of to, at my mortal little level that I can kind of try to understand what God is saying his heart. If I'm telling my kid, "Hey, we're going to go um to this place and they're fighting me and fighting me and they don't believe me." As a parent, I would it's almost like, "Wait, why am I even number 1 giving you a dissertation of why we're going here?" And number 2, Why do you not trust me? Why do you not believe me? Just know that I have your back. Your mother is not going to let anything as far as my power will allow to come against you. So God is equating their unbelief to despising him because he's like, look, and furthermore, I've already had you. So what are you talking about? That's what Moses, I love how he's like, he's already been doing this in Egypt. You know how we walked in the waters and how we even got, got out of Egypt. And then furthermore, We've been going, since we left, we've been going camp to camp. He's been going ahead by a cloud. How do you think we've even known where the heck we're even going? It's because of God. And then the fire at night. So we had light. So we had protection. So how many times do you even yourself have to go back, you know, in your own life storyline and, you know, to help the cloudiness of your decision to say, man, how has God already provided Man, let me go back and shift my perspective to say, wow, he's already done this and this and this and this and this. And it's like you kind of get amnesia to remember, wait, how did I get here? Oh, yeah, it was by the Lord. So God is like, look, courage is not just running through this burning building to save somebody or pulling off to the side of the road because somebody's car flipped over. This is courage, I believe, is a daily obedient decision to say, God, you first. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, God, what's your purpose? Okay, God, what's your plan? It is just choosing him first every single time. That's courage. Yes, we have those massive big displays of courage, sure. But the daily consistent obedient decisions, that's what's really shaping and developing our hearts so that we can truly just have our hands open and keep saying yes to God, yes to the purpose that he has for our life. So whether we're going through the valley or whether we're going through the mountain, we know that he is with us. So that's what Moses is saying. Hey, look, we haven't been on our own. We haven't been on solo. So Joshua even talks about this in Joshua 1, uh, starting in verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law My servant Moses gave you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So that you may be successful wherever you go. So, do you see how the obedience is not only tied to the success of it, but it's also tied to the peace that will come because you're obediently following? It just won't be this I don't know if I've made the right decision. You're worried, you're fearful, you're talking to 81 different people, telling them the outline to make sure that this is right. And God's like, listen, just your eyes are not focused correctly. You're asking all the wrong people who have no clue of what I'm even doing. No clue. And verse uh, eight and nine even goes to talk about, you know, listen, be in my word. Keep that ever before you. So you not only need to be in God's presence, but you also need to be in his word. He will not tell you something that is not in his word. I always find that really funny when people, I'll hear when people will say, the Lord told me, you know fill in the blank and I'm like what what chapter what, what book is that in exactly I don't think that that's what God said I mean I'm, it's not for me to question but I'm just saying that he is consistent with his word so Joshua 1 8 also talks about that and it goes on to even talk about being strong and courageous again do not be afraid do not be discouraged you'll be prosperous you'll be successful and we talked about this in episodes before in the lives of those uh, kings um, in uh, Second Chronicles, how the, the ones who were faithful to God, you can tell in their lifeline, their reign was longer. It was successful. The country was doing well. The ones who were not following God reigned for very short periods of time. And they and they it was it was haggard. It was a, it was a hot mess. That's not coincidence. So we just have to remember, it's not about us. It is truly about God. That, that is, that was a huge help for me. I'll, I'll share that, you know, um, my top, if I can say my top three, one of my top three obedient, courageous decisions that God really, and I don't want to make it seem like I just skipped through this. Right. I mean, (laughs) through my spiritual head, uh, female head, at least, uh, and a really close friend of mine and just, man, I was really being pulled to the cross. And and God really had it out with me many, many times. I'm not trying to make it seem like a slip and slide. Like, oh, I just obediently chose God. Like, no, it was hard. But was to stay in my marriage. That was, so I don't know what that really hard, tough decision looks like for your life. Maybe it's in parenting. Maybe it's in this life plan that you have. Maybe it's in... um. And uh, You know, God's telling you to to do this with your career to go talk to these neighbors start this group um Just spending time with him. Let's not even make this be a big decision This can just be hey, I need you to stop listening to this type of music I need you to to uh to do this with your life. I need you to pray over your kids this day. I need I'm telling you nothing is too We serve a God of specificity. If you have ever read <laughs> Leviticus or Numbers, you will see what I'm talking about. He's not just some vague God like, oh yeah, go to the left. Like what? No, he he is so detailed. It's just that we don't listen to the direction. But one of my biggest obedient decisions was staying in a marriage that I did not feel like staying. I had every reason not to stay. So I didn't feel it. I was justified and then I didn't I didn't think it made sense quite frankly it just it was like this is not even like worth worth it anymore this is I'm done and then I had no social support for that so I had to decide man let me just I mean it's almost like you have to be okay with being divergent of the culture of your friends of your family Are you able to stand on your own if God is calling you to do that? Because he told you what to do. That's why you can't always just, I mean, it's great when God brings around wise counsel or one other precept to help confirm decisions, but that cannot be the foundation of your choice. He is speaking if you'll listen. So I couldn't reason why to stay, but I knew that as we are At this place of divorce, I knew I was staying. Kicking and screaming, but I knew I was staying because God told me to. So we have to also make sure that we're separating, that you are going to just, you know, feel like putting this cape on. And you're going to have to know that you know that God has you through that very difficult decision. Isaiah 46 was a huge comfort to me because it talks about, you know, that God's like, listen, first off, these are my plans. It's I do as I please, but listen, I, I will carry you. I will sustain you so that you don't have to feel like you have to go through this by yourself. That is a, a massive comfort in making courageous decisions is to know that you have, you have somebody have your back. Not only do you have this bigger story that you fit within, but that he's he is a god who walks with you through that deep mucky valley that you're in. He's not just throwing out commands and just like, "Okay, figure it out." He's there with you to comfort you and to hold your hand. And where I want to leave it is Jesus says just I love Matthew 28. Actually, my son um really loves this verse and and we we quote this almost every day but Matthew uh, chapter 28 verse 19 therefore go and make disciples of all of the nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit verse 20 and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age this is Jesus who died for you Who has given his life. He loves you so much. God loves you so much. How can you not make this very difficult, courageous decision, knowing that you have a model, you have a storyline that you're fitting in, and you have a God who is with you to make that small decision of, okay, what am I going to do this day to this very big life decision that will affect you, those around you, and your legacy thereafter you.